Time for an ad. Time to pay the bills. Jacob, it is one of the best places and only places that you can go to support local Texas State athletes, your favorite athletes. It's Elite Sports. They have good NIL deals with some of your athletes that you support every Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday in some cases. So go support them. Jacob, what are some of the uh, athletes that they have over there for us? Well, they just signed Malik Hornsby, so stay tuned for that. But you go to EliteSports.com. They have a whole collection of Texas State athletes you can get behind. That's Ben McClain. That's Michael Budin. That's Austin Smith. Xavier Pettis. Mason Harrell. The list goes on and on, honestly. They just recently signed, as I was saying before, Malik Hornsby. Uh, so get ready for all those uh, gear drops. Uh, it's just an exclusive look. It's a way to give back to the Texas State community, give back to the student-athletes directly. EliteSports.com, use code SQUARE at checkout. Tired of winning the tailgate but losing the games? We can't help that. But we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans, get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel. Zimmel, I'm a moron. Because the last time we got on here, I was like, we're putting a, ro- a bow on football. This is the last time we're going to talk about this team. It was lining up perfect because softball is on to the NCAA tournament. And yes. baseball is on to the Sunbelt Conference tournament. So I was like, wonderful. This is such a way for us to just springboard back into the summer. Start doing some summer content stuff. Start doing some interviews again. But now we have seven quarterbacks, question mark? Not one, not two, not, but seven. That's our, be- our best bit. Yet. Qu- How many quarterbacks is too many quarterbacks? Five, I could think, is like fine. Three. I think you should have three. I, I think you should have three. To quote the uh, great philosopher Everett Withers, a parent of spare. That's what you're looking for. You want two quarterbacks that are going to compete for the job and a third guy who can learn and if something happens, can step in and fill that role. To have seven tells me that GJ is still trying to figure out who's his guy. And we just got done talking about how good Malik Hornsby is when we look at the tape, when we look at the film of Arkansas. And now you add another SEC quarterback in TJ Finley, and you're thinking to yourself, is Malik really that good? Now, you know what I mean? Like, is is he really that type of guy? Is he the guy? Because if you're still looking for your dude, then he might not be that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about anything. Also, the Spurs got the number one pick. Go! And that means that the number one pick in the 2023 Woo! NBA draft goes go! to the San Antonio Spurs. So it's like people are talking about Victor Wimbanyama being better than, you know, LeBron James, perhaps. It is like this guy hasn't even played a game yet. None of these guys have played a game yet, except TJ Finley, who, as you were saying, you probably has the most significant game reps. Uh, we got tipped off about that exclusive drop. Um, <laughs> I was kind of like, what? Another one? And that was after our boy Carson Kaiser followed us on, on uh, Twitter, too. So, and, you know, you as our social media manager, you can't tweet anything negative about any of these guys. And I'm on the other side of the fence texting you being like, who the hell are all these dudes? Like, why, like, hasn't what's going on? why hasn't this guy dropped? Why hasn't this guy dropped? You're. 
we were talking a little bit about this off air. There's no way people don't drop in the spring or I, this is what is the summer now? Yeah, this is May summer. Yeah. Yeah. Cool for the summer. I'm I was looking to try to find out when that next portal date is. Cause we both were like, okay, next time the portal opens up a couple guys probably are going to be heading out. But at this point it's getting kind of late in the game because June is when you can jump in again. When, when is I think it's June something. June something. I think it was like maybe the 15th. Does that make sense? Does that yeah. that that number rings a bell in my head for whatever reason? Provided um, the, provided the country does not default on their national debt. And everyone in the meeting understood the risk of default. Our economy would fall into a significant recession. It would devastate retirement accounts, increase borrowing costs. According to Moody's, nearly 8 million Americans would lose their jobs and our international reputation would be damaged in the extreme. <laughs> national headlines. If we have, if we have, yeah, right. That's where you, you come to squaring around for those national headlines. Those sweet, sweet oh, national you headlines. You guys have been waiting on it. You didn't know that the country was headed towards a default on their loan. Historic default. Right. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So if we have a country in a month and a half, uh, four guys are probably going to head out. Maybe three guys head out. Now, the question is, who are those three guys? And is fan favorite Ty Evans one of those three guys? I would probably lean yes, but again, we're getting to that weird time where coaches are making decisions. Guys are in the weight room. They're already figuring out what the depth chart looks like. First game is in early September, so we have like four months. Dudes kind of got to make some decisions here soon. Coaches have depth charts to kind of put into uh, print. We got to figure out where some of these teams are, and if you're a quarterback leaving the most important position on the field – you're not looking at playing time if you leave around, you know, if you leave in June, you're not going to get the playing time. You might not get playing time at Texas State either, the way that we have seven QBs. About two months ago, maybe two months ago, was it a month and a half. I don't know. I'm losing track of time and space and reality. And suddenly we're getting four and five star recruits left and right. It doesn't feel like the same university I graduated from, Zimmel. Uh, but I, I, went, one. I went on the air with Dave Campbell's, told Greg Tepper that, you know, hey, Malik's our guy. I think it's fair to say that the quarterback situation at uh, at Texas State has been an adventure the past couple of years. Uh, is there hope among the Bobcat faithful that Malik Hornsby could be the answer uh, there under center for the Bobcats? Yes, and I'm here to, to put the rumors at rest. I, I know the coaching <laughs> staff won't say this. That is our quarterback. Yeah. That's, that's our guy. That was obviously before the spring game. I think it was two or three weeks before then. I have the spring game depth chart brought to you by our guy Alex uh, Powell who just left Texas State. He was their graphics guy. This is one of the last things he made. And he's got a handy-dandy Jeff chart with uh, some additions and notes I've made, too. Um, so this was our quarterbacks before or for the spring game, right? Malik Hornsby, C.J. Rogers, Derek Mata, Ty Evans. Um, obviously, I think Ty Evans won a lot of hearts and minds that game. If you ask me, it was clearly either the two or three that day. Uh, C.J. obviously had a really good showing, too poised after coming from Baylor kind of uh, didn't get a lot of playing time. Nobody actually played last year compared to this one dude who left who may or may not have paid coaching staffs to get game reps. A different story. And a $30 Jersey later, here we are with seven quarterbacks, two of which are from great teams. Yeah, man. It's like, I don't know. You, you threw CJ's name in there from Baylor. That's not a great team to you playing in Waco. No, it's a good team. I just think he was overshadowed by whoever was there. I yeah, okay. He was at Baylor the last two years, but, you know, obviously uh, the 
reason he didn't get playing time over there is the same reason he didn't get playing time over here. This is true. Now, this would be an interesting question for our guy Colton. I'm going to pitch it to you and see what your answer is. Are these quarterbacks better than any quarterback that GJ has had? Is this the best quarterback room that he's had? Um, room? Probably not. Um, quarterbacks, I don't know. Lindsey Scott Jr. is an amazing quarterback. So here's my take. I think that we are kind of overrating these FCS quarterbacks. And that I know I'm coming from North Dakota, where North Dakota State is the pride and joy of every North Dakota. I think that we overrate some of these FCS quarterbacks. I think that the way the game is played at the FBS level, the pack or the uh, power five level, and the group of five level to a smaller extent, those guys are just better. They're just more talented. They just are, they're better athletes. They're just better quarterbacks. I think this might be his best quarterback room. What I'm concerned about, what I'm concerned about is that this is the first time that he has had power, not power five, but group of five FBS level commitment, right? And you're getting these power five quarterbacks. And it's kind of like the guy that goes to the buffet and he doesn't know if he wants pizza or fried chicken or macaroni and cheese. And he just puts it all on the plate. And I'm worried that that's what we're doing here with the quarterbacks is that we don't know what quarterback we want. We don't know what type of quarterback we want. So we're just taking it all from the buffet, which is fine. But at some point, you got to pick. You can't just have all of it on the plate. You got to pick one entree. You know what I mean? I think GJ is just really good at craps, you know? You got to hedge your bets on a lot of things, and he's like... You think so? So you think that's what he's doing? He's just hedging the bets? Yes. Uh, Mostly because, right, he inherits partially a quarterback room in CJ Rogers, Ty Evans, and Derek Mata, right? Obviously, uh, no game film on any of them. You know, could have probably gotten the second quarterback at UIW, got a quick commit there, just been like, okay, I have something. I have one arm that I know can throw a football. Uh, in a game. But I, I think this is really kind of shaping up into like another bachelor type episode, Zimmel, because <laughs> it's my se- my favorite segment to do. We did this with the coaches that were kind of pulling through. We're tethered to those. Like we have no input or anything really with anything that goes on here. Um, but as we're kind of getting introduced to these guys, it's like, Oh, well, what was the impression? What was the first rose? Uh, who did the first rose go to? And what did the guys do to make an impression on the girls night one? Um, so well, Lee Hornsby clearly has the first rose. Would you so? say he was the first first quarterback to get a rose? TJ Finley, he comes in. He's coming off camera. The producers have kind of shuttled him in. You know, yeah. they're like, hey, this is a former ex-boyfriend. Here you go. And mm-hmm. now he's in the room. And we have we have some tape on him. We know what he can do in the back of a car. What does his look like? You know what I mean? What he can do in the back of a car. That's the a- producers know. Well, I'm just I'm using your bachelor analogy. You know what I mean? We know what he looks like in the pocket. We know I what he looks too. like on the run. Okay, so then so, we go. So I, I said we had seven, right? That's we're knocking out Malik, TJ, just kind of you know introing these guys, um, PJ. And CJ, I would be remiss if I didn't say TJ, PJ, CJ, coached by GJ. That's what the joke everybody's been making on Twitter. I would be remiss if I did not use it on my own show. Can I boo you? Yes. Boo. Bad Twitter joke. Nice. But um, I think PJ and CJ are kind of fighting for that uh, three or four spot, honestly. And then after that, it gets kind of murky because you get Ty Evans, Carson Kaiser, Derek Mata, I think, is done. I think this ship has sailed. Does he even get a rose? No. He gets cut. No night rose. One. Night one. 
tough stuff. One of those guys that may not even have talked to the bachelorette. Really. And then they always get the excuse like, oh, I didn't have enough time. Derek Mata, I'm sorry, but you've been here for four or five years at this point, I think. Didn't have enough time. Didn't have enough time with GJ. Couldn't get the rose. Yeah. I get it. You know what's a, a, a weird thing on The Bachelorette or The Bachelor is whoever gets to kiss on night one is like, that's always kind of means something, even if you don't get a, a thing. So I think some of those first impressions really mean a lot too. Everybody lost their mind on Twitter when TJ was announced. The same kind of, I think, um, I guess enthusiasm when Malik was a uh, thing. But my thing is now I'm kind of like shell-shocked. It's like happening every single day. And none of these things really feel special to me anymore <laughs> because it's like, oh, okay. And like, has, have we won any games yet? None of this. You'll never, if it doesn't matter. You never forget your first, you never forget your first. And that's why you're a Malik guy. I am somebody who can kind of adapt and move on. I, I'm a person who's been burned many times by many different quarterbacks. I'm more distant. I see these first roses. I'm going to keep everybody in arm's length. We got to go home to meet the parents before I'm even putting out, even thinking about putting out with any of these quarterbacks. Oh man, I can't, I couldn't even tell you if we were taking these quarterbacks to hometown. So the bachelor bachelorette style, this episode is becoming, but that's a big thing in itself too. So yeah, I, I don't know. So do you, don't try to out bachelor me, dude. I, oh, I can out bachelor you. No. All, yes. Yes, I can. Uh, Here's here's the difference, folks. The difference is between a guy that watches The Bachelor with his girlfriend and a guy that watches The Bachelor to get a girlfriend. No, no, you no. Watch it, you watch it on the couch, and you just you just absorb. I watched this show with my mother and grandmother growing up. Grew a love for ABC programming. Became an ABC <laughs> affiliate producer at Corpus Christi. Loved that show. <laughs> Pitched a pilot episode to my news, <laughs> news director. And now I work for a CBS affiliate. So apparently now you're a survivor guy. Now a survivor guy. Yeah. An amazing this rate. This is great. This is a great episode. Bookmark <laughs> this episode, folks. This is a good one. This is a good one. But yeah, I don't know. Because to me, it, it's it's like I'm kind of, I don't know, numb to it almost. It's like, oh, whoa. I guess almost it feels like Texas State could have been doing this the whole time, which is like a very basic opinion at this point, And they just didn't. Which is crazy to consider that an institution of higher learning in 2022, uh, 2021, 21st century as a whole would be sitting on potentially millions of dollars. Can I can I give you a rebuttal? Go ahead. I don't think Texas State could have done this five years ago. Yeah, I think it took I think it took NIL deals and I think it took the transfer portal to really get this started. I think that if you had a situation even five years ago where guys committed to schools and didn't leave until they were grad transfers or didn't leave until there was like something really bad. A coach gets fired, a coach leaves that they decided to leave the school because of the transfer portal. Schools like Texas state are benefiting, especially at the quarterback position of guys who are willing to go to different locations, try to get their stock up and potentially leave again to an even bigger payday NIL deal or a bigger playing time or a bigger stage. Right. We're going to see in the next couple of years, Jacob, I'm telling you, we're going to see on the biggest stages, on the biggest games on Saturday night, you're going to look at guys and say, I remember when they played at Bowling Green. I remember when they played at Troy. I remember when they played at Texas State because there's going to be quarterbacks who go to a Clemson, Oklahoma, Texas, don't want to compete, go to a Texas State, uh, go to a South Alabama, go to a Southern Miss, play for two years, and then go and play for another school in their fourth year of eligibility or fifth year of eligibility and uh, try to compete and try to win a national title. That is the way the system is built right now. 
I don't think five years ago, Texas State would be getting these five-star recruits. Yeah, I don't know. It's also like five years ago. What is that? 2016? 2018. 2018? 2018 is five years ago? Oh, my God. We're old. What do you What do you call it? I know it's just the Alumni Association. We don't have anything cool like uh, Texas Texas or something. Well, do you have a pitch for the Alumni Association to change their name? To change their name? Old um, Cats is mine. Straight straight out of San Marcos, but spell That's it S. Lame. Okay. Straight out of San Marcos? I mean, yeah. Why not? Just Old really, cats. really, really use that George Strait logo. Just go to the toe line of copyright um, infringement. That's fine. Yeah. Go to the toe line of copyright infringement before you get you get caught. But is what is what what is the draw? I guess besides the university being beautiful, playing time, playing time, good conference, good and, good television contract you that think, you get at least one game on ESPN. This would have been decidedly different though had this been like a year two or year three from GJ and like them being like maybe six and six, uh, you know, seven and five or something like that. Would you say it also you also have to consider the fact that Withers took a program that was just getting into the FBS, right? In 2015, he kind of took over. He's just they're just becoming kind of like a, a team that people recognize on the FBS level. They're in a conference like the Sun Belt that people know. It's it's taken this long to build the program to this point. I, I'm telling you, it, what fans you who think that this is something we could have been doing this entire time, I hate to break the news to you. I don't think this is I don't think this is something we could have been doing, and I'm glad that we're doing it now because with Tice as uh, the AD, there was a lot of hand holding. There was a lot of hand behind the back holding. You know what I mean? You kind of twisting some guy's arms. Now with Don, who looks very much like a guy who wants to get athletics as far ahead as of the front porch as possible, I think we're in a better situation. Yeah. No, I let me ask you. Let me skeptical. let me not. I'm, I'm not asking. I'm telling you this. the The difference between Kelly and Trout is that Trout wanted research to be the front porch, and said we can't have sports be the front porch because sports are fun, and we're trying to get away from that party school, you know, uh, the par- the party school reputation. Whereas Kelly looks at it and goes, I want research to be the front and foremost, but I understand that even with that being the front and foremost, it's never going to beat athletics. Athletics will always be the front porch. It it just is. Unless you're an Ivy League school, it just is. Sorry to break the news to you. I don't know, if he, wants- I don't know if he believes that necessarily. Uh, I think he serves on all these committees in the NCAA and the You Sun give Park him true beyond- serve. So it's like, how could he not, you know, understand when, the implications of having a team in the final four or having, you know, something like that. We allegedly have him in the next couple of days, right? In a couple couple of weeks, we're going to have Kelly Dampus on. When he comes on, bookmark it. We'll, we'll ask him that question. I think, I don't know. Well, you, you can argue research is at the front foremost, as you were saying, because he has that run to R1 campaign where Texas State's going, trying to go from a tier two research institution, go to a tier one. Part of that includes doctoral programs and more stuff coming to Texas State, um, more research, more everything. Anything you know, he, under- he understands that that like should be the goal, but it's never it's never going to be like that, especially in Texas. Athletics will always be the front porch. And if athletics is fun, if people have fun at sporting events, I'm sorry if people want to party in the end zone. That's just what they're going to do. They're just going to they're going to have fun. Yeah, I don't know. I still maintain Trout was the builder. Uh, she signed a lot of checks. You had a good relationship with Trout. 
not a lot of people did. Relatively speaking, yes. You're com- well, so I'm saying you're coming from a personal experience, whereas like the rest of us are coming from like an outside looking in. You know what I mean? You were well, that's why. Like I've had a relationship with both these presidents right now in the modern era, so it's like not. I not. It's not. I don't think it's uh, comparable. Huh? Well, no, it's not. You're right. Yeah. Because I mean, two different styles of leadership completely, and a lot. Well, of also, you were in Texas rooms. State. You were physically in rooms with Trout, mm-hmm. right? And I, I, you don't have that level of access to Kelly, do not, you? Not yet. I DM him on stuff okay. all the time, though, and I see him at games. Okay. He says, "What's up?" Okay, I'm just I, I'm just trying to make a paint, paint a full picture here. No, I mean, he's super accessible. He'd talk to anybody. It's, just, I, it's not because like I'm a member of the media or anything that he's talking to me. It's just like I just DM'd him, so he did. Okay. You know, I have him as a friend on Facebook, actually. So, really? We're Facebook official. I, I don't, I use Facebook for my real friends. So I don't turn down a couple friends' requests because I don't know the people. I just don't. I'm like, and Kelly, I'm sorry. You know, maybe we could be friends. Come on the podcast and, uh, you know, we'll talk. We do have him booked uh, a date TBD, though, in time. So, yeah, I don't know. Definitely looking forward to talking to him. He actually, he's such a sports guy. He had pro hockey dreams. So one of the main things we'll be talking to our university president, Kelly Damp, is about. Pro hockey dreams, pro football dreams for you. Like, a lot of failed athletic careers on this podcast. Things go hand in hand, honestly. Yeah, baseball, hockey, football, (laughs) arena football. I was really, I was looking for something. <laughs> I was a cry for help, really, when I tried out for that team. Um, Okay, so we're moving past, I guess, the quarterback stuff. Obviously, commitment's still rolling in. These are still commitments to me, which almost means nothing. It's, it's a person saying, yes, I would like to come to Texas State, but I have not signed because such and such. And some of these guys have signed, and they just haven't announced it officially, you know? Um, yeah. I think it's a real generational – we made fun of Jessica, but there's a real generational deal between this because in yesteryear, a commitment was essentially your word saying you were going to come to the school, and a decommitment was looked upon very harshly. People were not happy. Alums were not happy when athletes decommitted from schools. But now I feel like we're very desensitized to it, that like if you are an athlete, you commit to a school, then you decommit and you decide to go somewhere else. I think, in the, again, thanks to social media, I think that we're a little bit more accepting of guys wanting to move around. And not only just moving around, but like putting your left foot in the portal, taking it right back out, you know, shaking around, jumping back in. It's all possible now. What What is your reaction going to be in 12 months? Well, let's do let's do 10 months. In 10 months when Texas State finishes the season with a bowl win and they're 7-6 and six to end the year and guys want to leave. What will your reaction be? I think like most people, I'll be kind of like, hey, what the hell? We were almost there. Or not even almost there. We did. We accomplished a lot of things compared to, you know, the the programs from yesteryear to now, you know? So you're going to be disappointed in guys leaving? I would be disappointed, but I'm never like, you know, I'm I'm the program's number one bag watcher. So if it helps you and it helps your family, (laughs) every right, go do what's best for you and your family and your situation in life. You know, obviously these guys all have pro aspirations whether or not they do that or not. Uh, but, you know, trying to, um, we talked to some former players, having the ability to prove yourself, that means a lot, you know, um, in a physical sense, in a like a mental sense, like whatever you take with you on the field, and then you end up, you know, transferring off the field, that's like immense power. So 
I don't know. I don't fault anybody for chasing a dream or for, you know, pursuing something else that maybe won't include Texas State. I, I'm in the same page. I'm in the same boat as you. The only stipulation I have is if you Kyrie Irving me. If you mm-hmm. tell me that you're here for four years, if you have a big commitment and say, I can't wait to spend the next four years at Texas State, and you leave in two or you leave in a year, I'm going to have issues. That's that's the only stipulation I have. If you tell me you're going to be here and you're doing it, then you know, I'm going to be I'm going to be upset. But if you come to Texas State, I'm thinking mostly about Malik Hornsberry here. Uh, if you come to Texas State, you put up the numbers, you win newcomer of the year, and then you move on to Cincinnati or you move on to Baylor or AM or whatever, right? And you, you you're going to go try to win a national title or whatever. No problems here. Don't tell me that you were here for four years. You know what I mean? That's that's where I'm at with it. I get weirded out the most when people who are not the starters transfer. So it's like the guy who's like three or four on the depth chart being like, I'm done. It's like, well, hey, were you going to start here? Or is this kind of like a you chasing a thing that may not be a thing? Like it could just be cooler to be part of a culture, you know, and help. Yeah, have fun at Sam Houston State. Huh? Yeah. Have yeah, fun exactly. at Sam Houston State. Have fun at Tarleton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I think especially when you compare, we're talking a lot about culture at Texas State. Obviously, Texas State has a great culture, great student life, great everything. It, it's amazing. I feel super recharged anytime I'm back in. Great Sam. drink specials. Great drink specials too. That, that's part of the reason I feel so recharged when I'm back in San Marcos. But like, I, I don't know. It's like, why would you leave? Why would you leave that to go to Tarleton? To go to Stephenville? 100%. To go to what? Hundred percent. I totally, I totally get that. I totally get that. And uh, yeah, I'd rather just like, the bench. It feels like a slap in the face. But back to your commitments thing, and not like not caring as as much. I think you feel about commitments like I feel about stars. I've seen a lot of stars. I've seen a lot of guys not live up to that. I've seen a lot of commitments. I've seen a lot of guys dip out at the last second. Getting a commitment's good. Getting them on campus is even better. I feel like that's all we want to talk about for commitments and stuff. As I was mentioning, it's late summer, so we got some springtime stuff to get out of the way. The first is the Sunbelt Conference tournament came and went for softball. And we were a little nervous because we didn't know this is kind of a fringe team now. You know, obviously the Sunbelt's really good marquee program for softball. But does that mean Texas State gets in or are we kind of just left with no partner at the dance? Ultimately, they're in the Austin Regional which is why I hate and love the fact that San Marcos is so close to Austin because we're always grouped in there uh, regardless of the fact. We play AM on Friday, which is scary uh, in its own right. We played them once before, but this was without our ace, Jessica Mullins. Andy, panic level? Uh, going into this tournament, look, we, we talked to Jessica. Go listen to that podcast. It's really good. She's really funny. Um, if it doesn't work out doing softball, I think that we could work with her as a good podcast co-host. I can get rid of you. Honestly, yeah. We can get her on full time. You're, um, you're, you're Brant Freeman and she was Kat Osterman in that moment. <laughs> it was great. Mini, mini Brant Freeman, Andrew Zimmel. I love it. Um, look, I, I would be lying to you if I said that I did not feel a little bit of panic coming into A&M. I think that... Jessica, of course, is going to feel like she is the best pitcher in the conference because she probably is. She feels like she's one of the best pitchers in the country because she is. A&M is not a team that you can sleep on. It's double elimination. I would like to get a win against A&M to start. I think that beating A&M to start the conference or start the tournament would feel 
like the right way to go. And I have a stinking suspicion UT is going to beat Seton Hall. So if Texas State and UT have to play in that game two, and Jessica gets to pitch in game two against UT, then it's a grudge match. And you got to remember, you mentioned Kat Osterman. She is the link between these two schools, the greatest college softball player ever. She also coached at Texas State, right? And I know she'd be in the stands. I know she'll probably be in the arena for all of them. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm i excited uh, for Friday. I'm going to give a score prediction. Can I give a score prediction? Go ahead. I'm going to go I'm going to go Texas State 2 AM zero. I think I think Jessica blanks them. Blanks them. Ooh. Blanks them. Like yeah. I, I told, a win. I told her on that podcast I would bet everything I own that she's starting. because uh, how and if you... she doesn't, we have a whole different podcast talking next week. Absolutely. So so I would you have a score? Uh four six. Texas State's bats come alive and they rally back. Four so six four. Six four. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't think I if if it's a four, if they, she gives up four runs, like that would be shocking to me. I'd be, I'd be surprised. And I'd be surprised if we score six, the I way that her, the bats have worked for us recently. I think her highest single game ERA this season is like 11. So she's given up 11 runs. I think so. We need research on that. Hang on. Game ERA 11 runs at Troy, 10 runs at South Al. That shit's tough. Jessica, you're letting me down. No, she's great. I mean, those teams are obviously stacked. Louisiana, I didn't know had such a great team. Also, I want to talk about this for our, our Sunbelt folk out there. Uh, but University of Louisiana Lafayette, in college, anytime they, I would mess hate, up their name. Stop. They hate when you do that. That's their name. Is, is there not? They like to be called Louisiana. But they're the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. They dropped Lafayette. They dropped at Lafayette. Mm. So, so it's just I'm like just ULL? It's still ULL. They but I'm telling you, they don't like to be called Louisiana Lafayette. They just like to be called Louisiana. I don't I don't know if you're doing this as a bit or not, but that's you know, I'm I'm good with either one. I think I'll always call them University of Louisiana at Lafayette because that's what they're called. That's literally their university name still. Yeah, but the athletic program dropped the Lafayette. Lafayette. Yeah. Yeah, but the university program, the university or the athletics program is not in charge of university branding. They are for athletic branding. Yeah, athletic branding, you can call yourself Louisiana all you want. You still be the most relevant team in Louisiana. I'm just letting you know that that, they dropped the Lafayette. ULM was really pissed about it. ULL still. Anyway, their SIDs are the most annoying anytime in college. It would happen all the time. They're going to be call... a lot more annoying now. Will they? Won't they? Cut the clip. Clip it. <laughs> clip it. The Rage and Cajun team. Um, I think they're amazing at softball. They've won the tournament like five times or something like that. Crazy. Very good softball program. Very good softball team. Where's my banner? May not be good at naming things is my point tough yeah i agree on the flip side the other ballpark in town uh baseball let a laid a big stinker at tcu which actually saw stephen trout's first ejection of the year he got ejected the quietest manner possible i have this clip on our youtube 
or on our Twitter at Square and Pod if you want to check it out. It's the quietest ejection in the entire world. Um, basically, obviously, Coach Trout coaches third base all the time. He's out there. Third base um, comes up to him. Words are exchanged. Tosses Trout. <laughs> he goes back to the bench. Everybody's flabbergasted. Pitching coach Chad Massengale's like dumbfounded. Like, what's going on here? Crazy. Madness at TCU. And he's a former Horn Frog who got tossed in that game. What had to do it. Had to do it to him. Had to had to show up and get his money's worth. Ribbit, ribbit. Yeah. So, Mr. Bagwatcher, what's the fine there? I'm not sure. I also, because I was trying to look up the live stats, too, because I wanted to see what frame of the game he got tossed in. This is at the top of the second, I'm pretty sure. Uh, TCU's really on into the, it. Wow. Yeah. Top of the second. TCU's on the mound. And I was trying to see, like, what pitch they were at when all this happened. And um, I couldn't log in to the stat site because it was privatized by the Big 12 media group. So <laughs> I was just screwed, basically. Yeah. Big 12 media. Big, big 12 media. The big trying 12- to provide trying to prevent you from getting your stats your sweet sweet juicy stats oh man well, steven trout shout out to you you were not the only coach to be ejected uh you know it happens the best of us yeah i will say when we played utsa at utsa in what they call the bird bath which is aptly named because it is horrible worst baseball stadium i've ever been in bar none including all high school stadiums i've been in, in the valley <laughs> And in most of Central Texas. That's saying something. Some of those Valley stadiums are really nice. I played in Laredo one time. Uh, I really like it. Laredo is not the Valley. Anyway, McAllen had really good stadiums. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. You know when? Do you remember the McAllen Little League team that went to like the Little League World Series? No, but I know what you're talking about. So do you know San Antonio adopted that team? That they were mm-hmm. like, that's that's like our team. That's our team now. Yeah. I just just wanted to put that out there. No, nah, I didn't know that. Kind of hurts yeah. my feelings. So, I understand. Why? Why does it hurt your feelings? Well, because uh, Valley teams never make it that far. High school football playoffs, obviously, around Dave Campbell's football podcast, so I can talk about this. But they call it Valley Week, not Dave Campbell's. Just pejoratively, UIL football mom TikTok Twitter community Valley Week. You usually play a Valley Week or a Valley team first week you know by district player whatever it's called mm-hmm. and uh most valley teams with the little mexican kids with mohawks and bleached hair a lot of a lot of crying faces at the end of those games when they play san antonio judson or converse or you know whatever yeah. insert cibolo steel oh my gosh those are horrible games to watch yep but it, we don't get very it. many teams that make it to the big shows like that so to hear that you bandera san antonio area teams we just adopted. We were like McAllen, Texas, man. Good, good kids. Go Texas. You know, we're like, they're one of us. I never can get behind those. Like I would never root for the Texans or the, the Rockets or anything like that. Like my teams are my team. I don't care where you're from. You're not my team. I rooted for the Mavericks. In, because- I rooted for the Mavericks in 2006. Cause I was like, let's get all of the spur. Let's get all the Texas teams with a ring. Lame. Then they they lost. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a real team guy. Um, So now TCU lost that game. It was also during the Victor Winbanyama stuff. I came back. They gave up five runs in between that time. I was like, what's going on here? 
Uh, it all came in like the fourth or fifth inning. So, bummer. They come back home to play ULM, the University of Louisiana at Monroe. I don't think there's been a name change with that one yet. So, <laughs> no. But you, okay. The reason is Louisiana Lafayette, aptly named by you, right? They went and said, we want to drop the Lafayette. And everybody's like, yeah, sure, drop the Lafayette. ULM was like, wait, we can just drop it? So they feel like they lost out. They feel like they could have been Louisiana. You know what I mean? So uh, they kind of Texas stated it because Texas State, if you'll remember, was the university or Texas State University at San Marcos. And everybody was kind of like, eh, hmm. you know, this is post Southwest Texas State University days. And so they belong to the Texas State University system. That system, obviously, the marquee school in there is us, Texas State University, believe it or not. Uh, that school group also includes Lamar, Sam Houston. Um, what am I forgetting? Whatever. Those are the big three, basically. Um, and a few others. We also have uh, actually an agreement right now with Laredo Community College to get people from Laredo to come to Texas State. So shout out them. It's a feeder school, bro. It's our blend. Feeder school. Anyway. Um, yeah, exactly. Our blend, but in Laredo. So yeah. the time you can, you too can become a Bobcat. But anyway, uh, so Texas State and the Texas State University system put forth this bid to become Texas State University. And before basically all the other system schools were able to do it. And that's how they were able to do it. <laughs> so they have the best name, the best part of it, too. And when you look up the Texas State University system, first school that pops up, boom, us. So yeah, good. good history lesson there, Jake. Pretty smart because I guess Louisiana is doing it now. I'm getting yeah. used to it. Did it did it in the last couple of years. Took a while. I I learned the hard way. I learned the hard way. I called them Lafayette for a long time. People were not happy. And uh I was I was reprimanded. They told me, call us by our real name. And I said, Lafayette? They said, no, Louisiana. I said, okay. Cassius so Monroe goes by Monroe. Lafayette now goes by Louisiana. His name is Muhammad Ali. I suppose nobody in here ever heard of Cassius Clay. We got a point. Cassius Clay was a bad motherfucker. Yeah, hey, I ain't saying Clay ain't bad. I'm just saying I stopped liking Cash Clay once he changed his name to Muhammad Ali. What kind of shit is that? Wait a second. Wait a second. A man has the right to change his name to whatever he wants to change it to. And if a man wants to be called Muhammad Ali, God damn it, this is a free country. You should respect his wishes and call the man Muhammad Ali. His mama named Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. Mm-hmm. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Barbershop. Yep. <laughs> Coming back home, I think they can sweep ULM and make conversation that, hey, we're here to play. We can make a difference. Whether or not they win the Sunbelt Conference Tournament is a completely different uh, story because they ran to a buzzsaw, Coastal Carolina, and Southern Miss is really hot again, too. So two hot teams, Tech State kind of petering out cold right now. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. But they have shown up in really big moments. This is this, – they're, they're – uh, May baseball, basically the face of May. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to do what they did a couple years ago, the cardiac cats. I think they're just going to be a team that gets hot at the right moments. Don't expect them to stay hot for long periods of time. That's my take. Good takeaway from yesterday: Chase Mora, freshman sensation, sixteenth home run on the year, monster season. And that's one of the big takes I was seeing on Bobcat Twitter yesterday. Is you know if they waste Mora's super crazy sensational freshman season. Like, dang, this whole kind of campaign was for not almost, you know? You got exactly. a freshman who's DHing basically. 
crazy. Also, you know, he was recruited as a pitcher. Then he had Tommy John surgery. Then he became one of the best hitters in the country. He was put on a bunch of short lists for watch lists across the year. Um, does he try to pitch again? Or is he cool just playing second base? It depends. It kind of depends on what Texas State needs, too. Because I imagine if they go out and recruit and they can't find another pitcher that throws 90 miles per hour, but they got Mora who's hitting like 87s in bullpen, I bet they say like, hey, how would you like to come back to pitch? But again, if that's hot, that's hot. You want to keep him in the lineup. I, I can see a situation where he Otani's it. I think there's going to be more and more of those type of players where you get guys that like, hey, if we need him in you know bullpen situation, we take him out in the fourth inning, warm him, his arm up, let him pitch in the back half of the game. I can see situations like that to keep his bat in the lineup on the everyday lineup. I agree. A good take. Good take. Good take. Cool. Well, now we've loosely tied a bow on things again before it all spills out. It's like a turducken. Things just keep getting put inside it. And now we're trying to wrap these huge things of string, basically living, what is it, day to day almost with these commits. And again, I want to say commits. I refuse to call them Bobcats yet until they sign a paper and they're in San Marcos. Till they're here. Till they're, they're here. in the Texas. Yeah. Till the ink is dry and they're in practice. I get it. No, I understand what you're saying. You're going to be think... calling some guys commits for a while because they commit when they're juniors, but I understand. That's fair. Yeah. You also call them little Bobcats. Little Bobcats? Little Bobcats. There, he's a little Bobcat. He's a, a, a cub. Is that what he's you call him? He's a cub. He's a cub. I don't know. Yeah, they're because they're flagging guys for 2025 too. So yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're, you're gonna be calling them commits for a while. Well, damn. Cool. So Jerry's still out basically, and I guess we officially have a quarterback battle in San Marcos. This will be interesting. We'll keep you up to date on it. Keep keep taking the temperature. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. New episodes out every Thursday. Follow the boys on Twitter. Eat them up. Eat them up.